Welcome to the Core Women Podcast, the place for women entrepreneurs, authors, and self-starters looking to build community and gain valuable insights through expert interviews with women at the top of their game. Join your host, podcaster, producer, expert coach, entrepreneur, and author, Dr. Summer Watson, as she aims to inspire and empower you through these candid conversations. Lean in and embrace the journey. It's time to start the show. Here's your host, Dr. Summer Watson. Today on the show, I'd like to welcome Rochelle Rice, who is a certified speaking professional and accredited speaker who works with emerging leaders to connect with their bodies to reduce overwhelm, increase self-trust, and become powerful decision makers. She has worked with companies such as T-Mobile, L'Oreal, and Verizon. She is also a former professional jazz dancer with 30 plus years in the fitness industry who brings a unique approach to her work, blending her somatic experience training to help people regulate their central nervous system. She helps people stop fighting with themselves and be at ease in their leadership roles. We really have so much to talk about here, Rochelle. So let's jump right into this and welcome. Thank you, Summer. It's really an honor to be here with you today. Oh, thank you. But before we delve into the professional aspects of your background, I have a question to ask you. Can you describe your journey thus far in one word? Tumultuous. Tumultuous. Okay. Tell <laughs> me more. <laughs> well, I have to say, I really appreciate that question. It caught me a little off guard, but the the feeling came up right away. Wow. And that is what I try to teach. What is the feeling that is evoked immediately when the question is asked? And to trust the feeling. Now, wow. I was embarrassed maybe to say tumultuous because it's been bumpy and I will tell you because bumpy was a little too smooth yeah, tumultuous was better <laughs> but, but let me just say briefly I could have like smoothed it over and be like oh bumpy but I'm like listen I have to walk my talk tumultuous and here's what I mean as a former professional jazz dancer I had a history of an eating disorder so I was bulimic at a time when people didn't even know what bulimia was and talk mm. about that is not a smooth ride at all until you can get some professional help. The next piece for me was the moving from, you know, one side of the country to the other, finding, making sure that I was okay, everything, you know, there's a little instability with relationships that I had going on, landing on my butt more than once. So that was a little tumultuous. Then fast forward, and I also struggled with different issues, right? I kept thinking, well, this is going to fix me, or this will fix me. So it was food, then it was the next, then it was alcohol. Then I thought marriage would fix me, and that didn't work. So talk about tumultuous. Mm. So all of this, all of this to say, I embrace the tumultuous because it's true, true to my very core. And yet I recognize that today I have to be more in alignment within myself and to trust myself because I didn't get here without the tumultuous and now we can smooth it out a little bit more. Oh my goodness. I love that. You didn't get here without the tumultuous and I love the honesty and authenticity there. So thank you so much for just opening up right from the get-go and just getting into this because honestly, I think that this will resonate with a lot of people because you were able to get back up. Mm -hmm. And that's what is so important is that although things were tumultuous and yes, you went through your journey 
And here you are surviving. And I also love that you connected with that word and you quickly assessed whether or not you were going to say, am I going to say this? Am I going to put this out there? Or I'm going to smooth this over and just call it bumpy. No, but you put it out there. And I love that. So thank you so much for doing that. Thank you for the safe space to do so. Thank you. So let's talk about your history as a jazz dancer and then about your detour into professional speaking. Yes. In the professional dance world, which I absolutely loved, I was blessed to work with the company in San Francisco for a couple of years. And then my dream moving to New York City and working with a professional jazz dance company in New York City. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. Right. The challenge was having to maintain a certain body type, shape, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So for me, when you go back to the, I was overriding all my intuition about, and then trying to fit into this place of a certain size, right? And always mm-hmm. trying to be Miss Perfect. So when I moved after the the dance profession ended because the company moved to Minneapolis and I'm sorry, I'm not going to Minneapolis, but anyway, so nothing against Minneapolis. It's really about the cold. It's the cold weather. I can't stand it. Didn't Prince live live there? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. So so, so I, I, it was an ease at the time to move into the fitness industry. What I didn't see coming was I, had someone in my neighborhood say, how come you only work with the skinny women? And I was like, well, come on in. She was a full-figured woman. Mm-hmm. I got eight women together, eight full-figured women, and I loved my work. I was like, oh, my gosh, because it was about how can I help her move gracefully and with ease in the body she's in right now? And I truly devote my work. You know, that's the foundation for me. It's like, you have this gorgeous body right now. How can we help you move it? Right. With with dignity, respect, grace, no shame, just moving beautifully. I love, love, love that. I spent 20 years on the plus size. Mm-hmm. And during that time, I was speaking in the fitness industry. That's how the speaking career started before I even knew it was a career. Speaking to fitness professionals about size sensitivity, weight stigma, weight bias, being very in the health at every size paradigm working there. Now it's just from there, like I said, it all kind of rolls together. I work now in this body-based leadership space, which is truly about how we as women, emerging leaders are using our bodies as a resource, not something that we're fighting with, but as a resource that can inform us every single moment. Oh my gosh, that is powerful. That is really incredible. I love that. And I was going to ask you, tell us more about the body-based leadership and what that is. Can you dive a little deeper into how you work with people in that space? I think the greatest challenge for women, as we know, is we are our own worst enemy. And the truth is, each and every one listening right now will have a moment in her life when she remembers she knew exactly what to do in a specific situation. The question then is, did she do it or was did she override it? Mm-hmm. So in order, so does that make sense, right? Oh, so, it does. So it's that intuition is that it's beyond, it's beyond the emotional intelligence. It's beyond body gestures. It's truly living in the space of what I'm going to call body neutral, a body neutrality, where you don't have to necessarily love or hate your body. You're right in this space of let's see if we can work together a little bit. So the foundation for me has to do with the feet, the pelvis, and the head. May I talk a little bit about that? Oh, sure. Yes, please. 
All right. So as women, when we're in a, even in a standing position, a lot of times we tend to be forward on our feet. Right. And especially if anyone's wearing heels, I'm not sure, but any type of heel, we tend to go more into the balls of our feet. Okay. Right. So women, we just have to just shift it back a little bit, kind of pull it back. So you're over your ankles, uh-huh. whether you are in shoes or uh, on in bare feet, slippers, it doesn't matter, but have your weight a little more over your ankles. Okay. The other tendency for women is I'll call it, it's called technically an anterior pelvic tilt, but in layman's terms, I call that the spill out. And what that means is there, the pelvis is tipping forward, almost like a bowl, like spilling out, right? Mm -hmm. This doesn't matter what size you are, has nothing to do with size. Mm -hmm. It has to do with an awareness of your abdominals and you don't need a six pack to make this happen. You just need to lift the pubic bone up a bit to bring your pelvis into that neutral position. That alleviates the low back pain and it's a foundation for you. That's the foundation for you. It's your core. It's the core. It's, it's but I I love to think of my bones, you know, like think of bones on that one. Okay. We're so powerful, right? Right. Yeah. Lastly is the head. Oftentimes, and this is whether we're on screen a lot or just with age or just not being aware, the head, chin tends to thrust forward. Yeah. With an eight to 10 pound head, you need to draw the chin back. Mm. So the head is on top of the <laughs> Exactly, right? Right, right. Right, so now we've lined up, we have a plumb line from your earlobe okay. through the shoulder, through your hip, through your ankle. And that should be one plumb line, one straight line, earlobe, shoulder, hip, ankle. What that does is it pulls you back into your physical body where you are almost... And I want to say sitting back because it's active also, but you are in this place of being fully in charge of here's who I am. I am so grounded and completely into the earth right now. Mm -hmm. I can handle anything that comes my way. Wow. I love that. Thank you. This is a fantastic interview because I'm learning so much in just a matter of minutes here. And I haven't been through this with another person on this podcast. So this is fantastic. I love that body-based leadership. So it brings out confidence, balance, literally and physically a balance. And here's the thing too, Rochelle, as I was growing up, I was an 80s kid, right? And so I was born late 60s, being raised in the 80s. You're saying emerging women leadership. And yet we've been, we've been through these cycles, right? Uh, Breaking the glass ceiling. And I think part of the problem when as women, and I don't know if it's a problem, but we have been conditioned, right? To sit up, lean forward, make sure we're listening. We're leaning in and we, we use these idioms and this verbiage. And we do so because we want to make sure that people are paying attention, that we they know that we're paying attention, that we are involved, that we are integrated into what they're saying, that we should be invited to the table. And yet, I love what you're saying about this body balance, because it also shows power and strength, and more importantly, confidence. When you have that, which you said plumb line, right? Yes. And mm-hmm. so that is really interesting. And I've never heard that take on it before, 
But when you start doing that, I'm sure you've seen this evolution in a person where they start feeling more comfortable and more balanced in their body. Is that correct? Yes. And it's interesting what you said about the lean in, right? Yeah. We've been how we, and I just have this feeling and we can call it maybe in a post COVID kind of a world mm-hmm. is that the lean in is a little outdated. And here's mm-hmm. what I mean. That doesn't mean you can't lean in, you know, yes, I'll do, I'll take on that role. You know, uh, yes, I'll be, I'm happy to make that presentation. Yes. I'll take whatever the, you know, whatever the task is for the job. If you are trying to continue to elevate yourself, absolutely. But this physicality I'm thinking has got to shift a bit to bring us back in a little bit more to be in our, in our strength and power. Just, just a clarification. Strength does not mean I'm ready to be combative. That's right. not what I'm talking about. Right. Just like more of like a, I know who I am. Right. I am, I am centered and grounded in my body. I am the person you want to choose because for the next, which there may be, upending event we have in our world, I am the one who will be strong and solid. I am the one who will not waver for the next pandemic, the next world challenge, the next, uh, the company, something's happened within the company. I am the one who is strong in my body and I'm displaying it. With, without a combative attitude, right. I'm the one you want on the team because I'm the one who's going to stay solid. Right. And who's rooted. So That's, thank you for and, that word. Rooted. And, and I love it because it really, it brought this image of being rooted and mm-hmm. knowing where you stand. And yet we always evolve too. So although we were conditioned as women to lean forward and lean in and all that, I like what you said about it might be a little antiquated at this point, right? Because now we can be more rooted. We can stand in our strength, meaning our confidence, being secure in ourselves, in our bodies. And I love that you talk about the whole body image, the whole body comfort and using that as your power, as your strength. Because I think a lot of times, again, because of societal norms and conditioning and what we see in magazines and what is portrayed many times we don't have that level of comfort in our bodies because our body shape isn't what we are seeing continuously on the tv in magazines and all these different domains and so I think that it's something we continue to learn even recently I was watching watching Hallmark and a commercial for Hallmark. And I was watching certain things and they were really integrating body image into some of their newer shows. And I was like, mm-hmm. interesting, mm-hmm. interesting, interesting. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. So my next question is, let's get into your professional speaking. You hold the accredited speakers designation from Toastmasters International and the certified speaking professional designation from the National Speakers Association. Talk more about this. Yes, thank you. I'm I'm super proud to be the first woman to have achieved each of these. And I think what's exciting about it, 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 again, it goes into the whole realm of women making, making strides and achievements. The, the Toastmaster accredited speaker program has to do with a certain number of paid speeches, submitting a video, and then being judged in, a live, in front of a live audience. 
And so that was super exciting to prepare for something like that. First of all, I love putting the structure together of the speeches I've done, the recommendations, the video, and then to be live, to be able to, like I said, shine in my, in my body and to be able to do a presentation that was the judges agreed that, yes, I am at the level of a professional speaker. And it was interesting, Summer, just a side note, because I'm a dancer, there's a lot of body movement in my presentations. <laughs> and it's almost like they didn't know what to do with it. I mean, if anybody watched, perhaps it would be choreographed. But for me, it's like, no, this is who I am. You know, I didn't, yeah. chore- I didn't say, let's do a gesture, let's do a gesture. I just, this is who I am, right? So right. I didn't pirouette, but there was a couple of arabesques, maybe. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Just to make a point, though, it was I was right. truly making a point, right? right. So then the, the certified speaking professional is from the National Speakers Association, which is a professional speaking organization in North America. And for that also, we had to submit 250 speeches to hit a certain amount of a financial income from the speeches and then submit a video as well. So that was another process that went through, which again, as and I felt like I was, this was for me. I right. wanted to do this for me. And when you see all those speeches put into an Excel spreadsheet and the financials, and then you have this beautiful video that you submit as a female and one that just works for me, like the, the competition within myself and to, to do better, it was super exciting to achieve this. Oh, that is phenomenal. Wow. I knew I wanted you to talk about that for a reason because that is strategy. That is goal setting. That is something you are doing and a process you were doing for yourself. And I love it. I absolutely love it. And I love how you broke that down and, and what that took, because that was a lot. That was a lot of dedication and a lot of focus, but that also correlates with kind of who you are too. And the process that you've learned and been through and how you've refined that over the years as well. And then you put that into speaking which I think is phenomenal. So thank you so much for sharing that process with us and what that looked like for you, because that is a heck of a lot of work, but you did something that you loved and enjoyed. So maybe it didn't feel so much like work. (laughs) You know, what what struck me and what touched my heart was the word strategy. And I say that because I think sometimes I have a little bit of a lingering story, very, very faint. It shows up once in a while, not not as often as it used to, which is... I was a dancer, you know, what does she know? Very faint, mm. very faint, right? Mm-hmm. So to hear the word strategy, it's, it's just so beautiful on my heart because it's, it's the structure that I do love. And I am love to break it down for people so that they can hear the steps, right? Here's how right. this goes or, or that I can teach it in a way that people can understand. So that word strategy, you're right. That is at my very core and in my heart. So I appreciate you sharing that word. Oh, absolutely. But I like the alignment though, too, the alignment between your history and dance and mm-hmm. how you brought that forward and applied that to your speaking career. Yes. And I think that speaks volumes in relation to how we each can apply what we do today to what our goals are in the future. And a lot of times people use that idiom like, oh, you're going to start over or your new journey begins or, you know, and it really isn't. If you think about it, you have gained so many skills throughout the year, so much wisdom throughout those years that you can apply all of that. And a lot of times people forget that they've done that. And I say that because 
having worked with a lot of military as they were careering up and careering out of active duty service, mm-hmm. they were lost. And they said, but I don't know what I can do. And I'm like, what do you mean? You have 20 something years, potentially five years, 10 years of doing A, B, and C. And th- that took skills. So let's start writing down those skills that you can apply to your goals, whatever you want to achieve. And I think that first step, those examples really show how you over the years have evolved and applied that to your next steps. Yes. So thank yes. you for sharing that with us today. Thank you. We have covered so much ground here, but I do have two more questions. Can you tell us why movement in meetings is essential to the overall health of the work culture and how body-based leadership informs leaders how to move in an ever-changing world? Yes, fantastic. My belief about having the movement in the meetings, especially, like I said, coming out of two and a half years behind the screen, is to really help people center themselves. And I know people say this, get grounded, get centered. Yes, but in a way that's very team oriented. Okay, Mm -hmm. So in a hybrid world, especially, we could have some people just coming down in front of the computer that have just dropped their kids off at school or seen them off at the bus. In the office, somebody could have just gotten off public transportation and kind of sliding into their seat like, whew, our our terrible traffic on the way to the office, right? We got to have a meeting. So if you look at what's going on, it's almost like a ping pong, right? Bing, 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 bing. Everybody's got different things going on. That's fine. We're human. But adding the movement really pulls a team together. Now, when I say movement, I'm talking one to three minutes, Right. It could be as simple as a breathing exercise, but it is a culture shift, right? It's a culture shift to say, we're just going to do this so everybody can sort of center a little bit more. And, and I may have to find even a better word that's a little bit more strategic. But here's the thing. It helps prepare the brain for learning. It really helps. And it sparks creativity, which excites the heck out of me. And I think would excite a company. Right. So my belief is that. I would say within three to five years, we're going to see this as part of our whole culture. The reason the body-based leadership is so important in an ever-changing world, this goes back to what I was saying about that we're rooted. I love, you know, you mm-hmm. said rooted, mm-hmm. that we stay rooted. There are going to be changes in the future. There's no doubt about it. This is not the first pandemic we might be going through. This is not the first, some of the world changes we're going to be going through. I mean, in our lifetime, we've seen the 9-11 disrupt everything in a big time. We've seen recession issues challenge everything. And now we've seen this pandemic challenge. So we're going to see this again. The body-based leadership approach helps women especially stay rooted, as we said, listening to the wisdom of their body, trusting, trusting what is being said, right? Mm -hmm. Trusting the wisdom of their body and then moving in that direction, being really true to herself, obviously taking in all the information that the company that may be happening in the company, but then really coming into herself trusting her self-wisdom and say, yes, this is what we need to do. Uh, You know what? I love this model and I love your approach. When you were talking, it struck a memory. And in the 80s, Japanese companies were actually having their employees do exercise during the middle of the day or some time of the day. And I remember this so distinctly because I thought at the time, wow, what an interesting concept to move during your day to actually have that time. And then my husband being a Marine, active duty Marine, he was given an hour and a half during his day to move, to get exercise. And I was like, you are so lucky. 
Like I, I thought that is amazing. And then recently a friend of mine and I was talking to two people, a doctor and another friend of mine, and they both said, Summer, there's different ways we can integrate minutes, minutes of meditation, minutes of joy into our day, minutes of movement. And it doesn't have to be 15. It can be a minute. And so a friend of mine started doing these one minute meditations. And I said, you know what? I don't have time for a 15 minute meditation during my day, but a one minute I can do. And so I started doing them and I was like, oh my gosh, it feels so good. And when you stop and make that shift, it's both a physical and mental shift. When you stop and then continue on with a movement, a one minute movement or a one minute meditation, but to make sure that you take that minute Mm -hmm. one time, multiple times during the day, but it's a minute and that makes it more consumable. That makes it something that will fit in the middle of your day. And so I love that. A hundred percent. In fact, I created 52 ways to move a meeting just for this reason, which, which helps people say, well, I, I don't have 15 minutes, but, but think about it a team meeting and they need a break. Think about they're working through something that's difficult. You take a little bit of time to try one of these 52 ways to move a meeting. And suddenly there's more creativity, as I said. So you are hundred percent right. We can't consume it in large quantities. And that doesn't mean you may have people on the team that are, that have done their exercise that day. Fabulous. Okay. You've been to the gym, blah. Okay. That's all great. But this during the day, a break from the screens, a break from all the challenges that might be happening really resets us physically, mentally, spiritually, and emotionally. Oh, I love it. That reset. It is so needed. I love that. And 52 ways. I need that book. (laughs) I get that that book. (laughs) (laughs) I'm planning to see. Need that book, Rochelle. <laughs> I'll get that to you, girl. <laughs> okay. Okay. So thank you so much. But as we come to the close of this interview, because we have covered so much, I love it. But as we come to the close of this interview, if you were to leave the listeners with some words of wisdom, what would they be? I would invite them to trust yourself, to trust yourself, to really tap into those moments, remember those moments when something occurred and you knew, you knew you should be doing something and you may have overridden it or you did follow it. Find those moments of trust, those pearls of trust over the years, link them together and start to use that as your foundation for your health going forward. Mm, That is so great. Thank you, Rochelle, for joining me on the Core Women podcast today. You're so welcome. My pleasure. You can follow Rochelle Rice on LinkedIn and Facebook, on YouTube at Rochelle Rice 12 and her website at RochelleRice.com. Thank you for joining us on the Core Women Podcast with Dr. Summer Watson. We're so glad you're here and would love to connect more with you. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Core Women and on Twitter at Core Women One. For more about Core Women and Dr. Watson, visit CoreWomen.com. Want more support and resources for amazing women like you? Great! Join Dr. Watson and Jen Fontanilla at the Life, Love & Money Collective, a core women production that aids in understanding the key traits that might be getting in the way of living a life that you are absolutely passionate about. Connect with Summer and Jen and find out more at thelifeloveandmoney.com.